the greater we honor somebody, the more we are able to receive from them, the more we're able to be blessed by them. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. At the end of the flood narrative, in Genesis chapter 9, there's this really interesting passage of Scripture. Beginning in verse 18, it says, The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Now, there's a lot there, and these verses have carried a lot of weight throughout history, and there's a lot we could unpack there. Let me just start by saying, in Christ, we are all redeemed from every curse. Praise the Lord. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And now I know that's not specifically a curse of the law when Noah curses Canaan, but Proverbs 26.2 says that a curse that is causeless does not alight. So anyone who is in Christ is freed from every curse that could ever come against them. And that is wonderful, wonderful news. Now, in this particular podcast, I'm not focusing on the curse that Noah put on his grandson. What I would like us to focus on is the important role that honor plays in the kingdom of God and in the communities of God. So here we have Ham, who sees his father naked, who sees his father in this drunken, embarrassing state. Now, he's naked in his own tent, so... He wasn't laying out in the open, so there's probably something there to be observed, as if Ham was looking for an opportunity to embarrass his father and had to point it out to others. You know, Ham could have accidentally seen his father naked and then just gone on about his own business, but he seems to take delight in his father's shortcoming. And rather than honor his father, rather than covering his father's offenses, he seeks to expose them. Proverbs 10.12 says that hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. In First Peter, we're told that love covers a multitude of sins. So Ham should have covered his father's offenses. He should have honored his father, but he does the opposite. He seeks to embarrass him in front of his other sons. And I think there's a real lesson there for us as we deal with others, that we should never seek to embarrass anyone. We should never seek to humiliate anyone or or to take advantage of someone else's weak moment. But it's precisely in the, the weak moments and the failures of others, we should let our love for them cover over their offenses, cover a multitude 
of sins. And Ham's decision to embarrass his father, not to cover his father, not to honor his father, results in a curse, not on Ham, but on his son, on Canaan. And so that too is a lesson, that sometimes the choices of the fathers end up becoming a curse to the children. And the children have to walk in the choices that their fathers make, whether they want to or not. And that's why it's such good news that we can be free from the curse of the decisions that our fathers have made in Christ Jesus, that Jesus became a curse for us so we can be free from that curse. But again, my point in this podcast is not talking about cursings and blessings as much as it is the importance of honor in the family of God, in the community of God. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. So if someone comes into my life, and they're gifted as a prophet, and they have a gift, and they have an anointing from God, and I receive them as a prophet, I'm able to receive from their ministry. But if that same person comes, and they're gifted as a prophet, and they're anointed as a prophet, but I grew up with them, and I've known them since high school, and I remember dorking around together with them, so I don't receive them as a prophet, I just receive them as my buddy who I knew from high school, then I'm not able to receive from them the same way that I would if I honored them as a prophet. Matthew 10, 41 says, the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. So the greater we honor somebody, the more we are able to receive from them, the more we're able to be blessed by them. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Now that's an amazing scripture because some people need to remember that they should honor everyone as much as they would honor the emperor. And some people need to remember that they should honor the emperor as much as they would honor everyone else in the church. So some people may be tempted to not honor the people in the church as much, and some people may be tempted to not honor the emperor as much. And here is Peter telling us to honor everyone and to honor the emperor. And sometimes it's easy to show honor to a political leader that we chose and that we like and that we want to be in charge. And it's more challenging to show honor to a political leader that isn't our choice. And yet the exhortation of the scripture for all of us is to honor the emperor. And these were not, you know, in Peter's time, certainly, you know, the emperor actually ended up executing Peter. So these are not godly leaders that he's telling them to honor. These are ungodly antichrist leaders. And he's still saying, I want you to honor the emperor. And of course, to honor someone doesn't mean to agree with everything they do. doesn't mean to approve of everything they do. It means to show the proper respect, to show the proper honor to their position that God has placed them in. In 1 Timothy 5.17, Paul writes this, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and in teaching. Now again, the honor does good to the person who's doing the honoring. The teacher, the elder, the preacher should not demand or expect this honor from the people. We should be kings like Jesus was, who humbled himself and made himself nothing and served those people whom he came to. We should do the same thing. We should humble ourselves. We should be kings in the model of Jesus 
and lay our lives down for those around us and become the servant of all because the servant of all is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus has set that example for us. He says, don't be like the Gentiles who lord it over one another when they get a little bit of authority or power, they lord it over each other. But you guys serve each other. The purpose of authority in the church is to serve those whom you have authority over. So the elders, the preachers, the teachers, they shouldn't expect, they shouldn't demand this kind of honor. But everyone else in the body of Christ should be anxious to give it, should be proactive in giving it, because it positions them to be blessed. So coming back to where we started with the story of Noah and Ham not honoring his father, not uh, seeking to cover his father's shortcomings, but to expose them, to embarrass him, to dishonor him. I think we need to learn that lesson well. And especially in the West, uh, we do not honor our elders as well as some other cultures do around the world. That It seems like in the West, especially outside of the church, someone's honor is based on their utility. It's based on their usefulness. If someone uh, is very powerful or strong or smart or good at something or, or we have the potential to gain something from someone, we honor them. But when someone's utility is gone, we stop honoring them. And and that is how the world works. The world's honor is based on what can I get from you? What, what value do you bring to my life? But in the church and among the family of God, we honor people not based on their utility, not based on how interesting they may be to us or you know, what they can do for us, how useful they are to us. We honor people because they bear the image of God, because they're created in God's image, and they possess gifts that are from God, and, and they are a vessel holding the very presence of God. And so we honor all people as created in God's image, regardless of their utility, regardless of their mental, physical, emotional capacity. We still show them honor. And ultimately, the reason that's a beautiful thing is because it's how God treats us. That we are dust, we are nothing. And here is the almighty, all-powerful creator of the universe showing us honor, honoring our decisions to open our heart to him or to close our heart to him. He honors those decisions. When we give ourselves to him, he receives us and he honors that. But also when we refuse him, when we harden our heart toward him, he does not force himself on us. He honors that. And so we see that God shows honor to us even though we are less than nothing when compared to him. How much more then should we honor one another? God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. We hear your tenderness In every star that glows In every cell that grows It's clear Your excellence God, you're beautiful